Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC Sports, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. Welcome in to the Don Callahan Inside Carolina UNC Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Martin. As always, I'm joined by the man himself, Don, Donnie Scoops Callahan. What's going on, Don? Not too much. Just um, enjoying this rainy day. How is life in Ross Martin world? Oh, man. It's, uh, you know, every time I get to talk to you, it makes it better. It's busy. You got basketball coming up. Football is is rolling with the night game coming up. The big win over Duke. Recruiting is rolling. You know, I have my um, I have my toes in, in every bit of, of the recruiting and team world. You know, I sometimes have to do your job for you. And involved a little bit with recruiting on both sides, both sports, as along with all the team stuff. So it's fun. There's a lot going on. So you're always um, busy, I guess. What about you? Yeah, we had a bunch of stuff. We had a I, what I think was a great um, weekly scoop that we posted earlier in the week. We've had tons of commitments, which we'll get into obviously on this podcast, that have keep me, have kept me busy and on my toes. A lot of the situations where this is going to happen, but we don't know what time, and so you're kind of throughout the day just kind of staring at Twitter for long periods of time, which is not doing a whole lot for um, your, your uh, I guess, choice of life. Or, um, and then obviously a lot of family stuff going on. We're uh, switching, se- sw- sw- ugh, switching sports seasons. So that's always kind of hectic in my household. But yeah, so I'm ready to kind of talk some recruiting with um, former Duke kicker Ross Martin. There you go. I love the energy you're bringing, and I know those listening do not want to hear about your family and their sports, so we'll jump right into uh, the football recruiting, man. It's been a huge last 10 days or so. Our last podcast came a couple days after Desmond Evans committed to UNC, and that that feels like so long ago because since then, UNC has had three commitments, a a couple uh, official visitors, and a lot of developments with Trenton Simpson. And we're going to get into all those kind of in order. We're going to go into these recent commitments, starting with what happened on Tuesday night with Jonathan Adorno flipping from NC State to UNC. Get into the two other commitments, Stephen Gosnell, the wide receiver, who also flipped from the Wolfpack to the Tar Heels. And then Caden Baker, the offensive tackle who from Florida who committed, um, I guess it was Monday. And then we'll get into the official visitors, Octavius Oxidine, Xavier Capers, and what's going on now with Trenton Simpson with some big news kind of breaking this morning on Wednesday um, that should be exciting for UNC fans. Yeah, and no, we're not going to get into the top five this week. Once again, we're going to delay it just because we have too much information. And and you were going through all that stuff, and you brought up the official visitors. I was like, oh, yeah, those. And those are pretty significant, too. So I'll let you get rolling. Good stuff. Uh, All right, man. Yeah, last night, Jonathan Adorno, an offensive guard from – Reedsville, North Carolina, flipped his commitment from NC State to the Tar Heels, 6'4", 290, big offensive guard. Don, what happened there? I feel like it happened a little quicker 
in terms of him coming on the UNC's radar and then him ultimately visiting and making a decision. Break down his recruitment first, and we'll get to him as a player before moving on to Gosnell and uh, Baker. Yeah, so with this, a lot of it kind of happened behind the scenes, and a lot of it was um, conversations between Adorno and UNC assistant coach Tim Brewster. And to be honest, my, my gut feeling, this isn't something that anyone has told me, but my feeling was that you know he was Adorno was saying a lot of the right things to UNC, and UNC was like, all right, well, let, let's see you in Chapel Hill. Um, for a game. And so that finally happened uh, this past weekend. And obviously the experience was uh, what he was looking for. The, the conversations were, were, were what he wanted to hear. And after a uh, couple days of kind of marinating on the situation, he switched sides of the UNC-NC State rivalry and, and flipped to the Tar Heels. What do you think was the, the reasoning for his flip? Do you have any, from speaking with him before his visit and everything, is there anything that kind of stood out or what was happening with NC State or, or was it just, you know, the coaches well, making a sway? As, as we're recording right now, I don't have an answer to that, mostly because I haven't, I've spoken to him, but I haven't spoken to him in depth. Uh, he's, he's promised me an interview sometime today. I don't know exactly when that's going to be, um, and I'll have a little bit more information. So, um, so definitely to get that answer, definitely uh, check it inside Carolina. In the next couple of days, we'll have it up as soon as um, I speak to him. But I mean, obviously, he was he was looking around and wasn't happy with what was going on at NC State, and was clearly much more comfortable with what with what was going on at North Carolina. I just have a vision of you kind of waiting by your phone like a teenage girl for, for Jonathan Adorno to call you today to get that interview. We'll move on. Um, what does Adorno, you think, bring to UNC? I mean, I, he just looks like a big, big dude and a, the type of physical guard that UNC needs in that position. Uh, break down what he can bring to UNC during his career. Yeah, I, I think the thing that I like the most is is he plays with a nasty streak. I mean, he's a he's a guy who's going to finish his blocks. Um, definitely an interior guy. Um, could could be a guard. Could eventually develop into a center. Although he doesn't have any experience playing that. He, he's played uh, tackle for um, for his high school. But uh, yeah, just just a nasty interior offensive lineman. That's what you want. I mean, I think that's what UNC has lacked in a couple of years. Guys that have a mean streak and a nasty streak can finish blocks. And he has the base to definitely put on more weight. And he does look kind of athletic as well. Just kind of look at some of the photos and stuff. He, it's not like it's um, sloppy fat. It's, uh, it looks like he has a, a, pretty, a pretty strong base already. All right, Jonathan Dorner, anything else to add on him? No, no. I think, though, it's a, a huge kick in the nuts to NC State when, when you take him after a week after taking um, Stephen Gosnell, which I'm sure you want to get into next. Kick in the there's nuts. Your, be the, there's your segue. Yeah. There's your segue. Kicking the nuts will be the, the title of the podcast. All right, moving on to Stephen Gosnell. He is kind of from, I guess, the foothills in Surrey County. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, he's a pilot mountain. I, yeah. I mean, I don't know the exact with the foothills and all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm around that that area. Okay, great. Uh, I know you're not a big North Carolina geography guy. 6'2", 198 out of East Surrey High School in Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Not a super high-ranked guy, but someone that the Tar Heels wanted. He flipped, I believe it was last Monday, a week from uh, two days ago, uh, from NC State to UNC. This seems a little more, uh, a little bit more long time coming with his uh, flip. Can you break down his recruitment? Yeah, so for a while, uh, North Carolina has been interested in him. And, um, but at 
certain point, UNC wasn't sure it would have space for you know, a, a wide receiver um, in this class with what they had committed for a long time and what they were pursuing for a while. But his senior season stats were just too much to ignore, especially when Lonnie Galloway, UNC's wide receivers coach, went and attended probably their most competitive game of the year and will be their most competitive game until the very end against Reedsville, which is a uh, which won the, the, the 2A championship um, uh, last year in the state of North Carolina. And uh, Gosnell had his best game or one of his best games, unbelievable stats. I can't remember exactly what it was. I think it was like something like 270 yards receiving, 100 yards uh, rushing. That led to an invitation to the UNC Clemson game, which he accepted and he tried to do um, secretly, which for the most part, I don't think that got out like the Trent Simpson um, visit did. Um, and during that visit, he received an offer. And talking to those who were, who were around him said, you know, it's, it's just a matter of time. This is, this is going to result in a flip to North Carolina because North Carolina was the school that, that he always wanted to go to. Um, so of course, after kind of um, thinking things through, talking to people and everything, he finally made the flip on, um, as you mentioned, it was about a week and a half ago ish. We actually posted cause he, the whole situation that went down, and we've covered this a bunch. If you haven't read it, definitely read the scoop from last week and also the um, the Q and A that we posted earlier this week. the The actual divorce for NC State wasn't pretty, and he goes into detail about that. And it, and it was so ugly that he actually asked me if he could wait to do the interview for almost a week. And I respected that, obviously. Um, but um, you know, once he was ready to talk, he actually kind of just you know, spill the beans completely on the whole situation. So if you haven't already, I really would urge you to read uh, the Q&A that we posted. I know a lot of the Q&As are, are very similar. You know, I like Carolina, yada, yada. But this, he is actually very candid about the whole situation and what went down um, and, and just his feelings and his thoughts and all that. And it kind of brings perspective on on these sort of situations with, with you know, switches. They aren't as easy as they seem. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Two flips from UNC to fr- from NC State to UNC. Um, Gosnell, what do you think he brings in terms of a player? Well, I think he's a well-rounded wide receiver that who um, you can do a lot of different things with. I mean, he's a guy who you know he's he'll surprise you. I mean, I think that you look at him and yeah, he's a big kid, uh, good put together, solid kid, but um, he he's he's surprisingly fast, has really good hands, and um, from everything that I've gathered from people who who um, know him best, super hard worker, um, a you know a quiet leader, um, but definitely for the offense. I mean, he would fit he, he would fit North Carolina's office perfectly because uh, you know East Surrey runs something very similar at the high school level. Good stuff, um, great. And we're gonna get a little more into both these recruitments of the flips after the break. We want to talk about NC State what's going on there and how it's affecting UNC's recruiting class and kind of what the staff is doing to flip that and kind of is this a trend of what's happening. But first, I want to talk about Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. They're a locally owned business right on Franklin Street in Chapel Hill. Your spot for everything from sweatshirts to T-shirts to hats to all the apparel and fan needs. Um, you can get right there on Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-Shirt.com. Make sure if you're a subscriber – check out the promo code on the premium basketball and football message boards get 10 percent off all your deals they also have great um jerseys and things from soccer uh we checked out one of their jerseys yesterday a great cool soccer jersey you can get there good gift for the kids with christmas coming up so johnny t-shirt 
and johnnytshirt.com. Get the promo code on the premium message board. If you're not a subscriber, become a subscriber, and then get the code and go to Giant T-Shirt and johnnytshirt.com. All right, the NC State flips. UNC has now flipped two players from the Wolfpack 2020 recruiting class to UNC. Um, yeah, I'm just going to give you the floor, Don. I mean, what kind of goes into this? What do you think it means? Um, is it a, a trend of something we'll see more? Uh, and just kind of the overall impact uh, of Adorno and Gosnell back-to-back flips from State to UNC. Well, obviously the optics look really, really, really bad because, <laughs> you know, um, you're going from one side of a rivalry to the other. Um, and not only is UNC oh, adding on. optics for who? For NC State look okay. really bad. Yeah, sorry. Um, I, didn't, I didn't know if you meant like sometimes, I mean, it shows a lack of loyalty. It shows, you know, that kind of stuff. But I want to be yeah, sure. yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, uh, I apologize for not being clear. But yeah, I mean, the 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 optics for NC State look really bad because of um, you're not only losing commitments, but you're losing commitments to your your rival. Um, and and really, I mean, their season. And not that I don't know how much this has to do with anything. And I actually don't think it has a whole lot to do with anything, but the, the season isn't going great for NC state. I think they're starting their third quarterback. They haven't been able to figure out that situation. They're one and two in the ACC and they still haven't played Clemson or Wake Forest, which many people believe is the second best team in the ACC. So, I mean, their, their, um, their record is going to get worse as far as um, why I think with, with Gosnell, NC state could be undefeated right now. And, and UNC, offers Gosnell, he still flips to North Carolina. So I don't think that that what's going on at NC state and, and, you know, had much of a, an effect on him. Um, and as I said, I don't think the actual record is why I, I just think it kind of just doesn't help NC state's cause. So clearly Adorno wasn't all that happy with things over there. Um, Gosnell also had an interesting quote where he said that he made more um, connections at North Carolina on his one visit to UNC um, than he did in all his visits to NC State, and he made a bunch of them. So if that's the same sort of situation that's happened with Adorno, um, that's not good. Um, They've also lost a couple of other commitments um, who end up one, I think, end up going to Georgia Tech. So, so Clearly, things aren't going well, and then the, the fact that the way that they handled the whole Gosnell divorce wasn't great. And we'll know, as I said earlier, we'll know a lot more the why once um, once they get a chance to talk to Adorno. All right, good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I just remember the Peyton Wilson flip mm-hmm. that UNC experienced, and that was just such a huge hit to recruiting momentum and optics. And you had I mean, he was a really good four star recruit, highly ranked kid, and he flipped kind of. I believe it was in November. Um, yeah, it was right before Thanksgiving. Yes, to, from NC State. From I was ge- I was getting my Thanksgiving haircut when I received the text that he was he was uh, flipping. But the, but but it's but the it, but it's important to mention Peyton Wilson because I think a lot of UNC fans are on cloud nine and they should be thinking that this is the way things are going to be. No, these things are cyclical, and the reverse can happen next year or the year after that i mean this this is eventually going to flip around to nc state's favor you know i know that people don't want to hear that most of the people who are listening <laughs> don't want to hear that but that, that's just how it is with your thanksgiving haircut what do you do i mean I, i've seen your hair it's just like shaved on the sides and short on the top 
yeah, it's you know I get the I get the fade. I, I go short. I go really short. I go I do a zero fade. Um, pretty high up. My my thing is is like I have like really thick hair, so if it grows just a little bit, it like poofs out and it looks a lot longer and a lot, I guess, voluminous um, than what it really should be, just because it's so thick and it drives me nuts. And it's just, you know. I hate it. And my hair is kind of like duck hair. So like it takes forever for it to get wet because it just, anyway, I think we need to go to another topic. <laughs> yeah. I remember for that, for that, um, Peyton Wilson commit, I was actually getting a new phone before I went to Portland, Oregon to cover the basketball tournament over there over Thanksgiving weekend. So this, so this, this event, Peyton Wilson flipping NC state was like so significant that it's like with JFK where you know where you were sort of thing. Yeah. Or I guess nine 11 is a, a little bit better example. Where were you during JFK? I was not alive. Exactly. Um, that's why it was a bad reference. Um, but yeah, I get your sentiment there uh, for sure. And I mean, these two guys aren't super highly ranked, but I think they're both good players that NC state wanted, you know, you, you hop over to the message boards on pack pride or on Twitter and you just see the the kind of the angst and disappointment. NC State fans, they, they see the season. The team is not good. They have no quarterback. The offense sucks. They're losing commitments. Our pets' heads are falling off. I mean, it's not good <laughs> over there in, in Raleigh uh, for NC State. I mean, they're, they're definitely not going to fire Doran, but it's trending down. Um, they just got to get a quarterback there. And, you know, if you have a couple classes that are not talented, you're not getting playmakers, you're not getting a consistent amount of talented recruits, who can help you and that's going to affect your record in, in two to three years and you know, people see that and, and other recruits see that and um you know it's really a chance for unc to, to grab a lot of in-state recruits take advantage of this momentum and uh and take advantage of the failings of the wolf pack how down much the road. how much does this feel like fedora a couple of years ago for nc state yeah, the no quarterback thing, losing commitments, and having a poor recruiting class is, is very similar to Fedora. You know, and the fact that Fedora had a really good season and then another pretty good season with a good quarterback, with two good quarterbacks. I'm thinking about 15 and 16 with Marquise and, and Trubisky, kind of like what Doran had, you know, for two or three years. I think, he had, I think they had 10 wins, you know, seasons of nine or 10 wins with some really talented players. And then when they left, you know, and no quarterbacks that the bottom's kind of falling out. They're they're struggling in games. And if you watch NC State, you can tell they just don't have it this year. And there's no confidence uh, that they're going to be in or compete in, in some in some of these games moving forward. Yeah, so huge news. I mean, fans are loving it with these two flips. I think they're positions of need for UNC. They always need more wide receivers. I, I love them getting more offensive linemen, defensive linemen. I think they should oversign at both positions. Uh, but that's it. All right, let's move to Caden Baker. The other uh, commitment kind of overlooks because of the, you know, the in-state guys from state that flipped over. Caden Baker from Florida. He took a visit to UNC this weekend and committed shortly after. Let's go into his commitment because he's been a guy on the radar that we've mentioned a couple times, and he finally pulled the trigger and committed to UNC. The floor is yours, Donald. Yeah. So he's a kid who it, now it seems like forever history um because but for the longest time for this class offensive line has been the one objective that has eluded unc and it got the one that needed and a second one in a matter of of days really but um baker was the one that i think north carolina has targeted and they got a little bit of a scare when michigan offered and you know according to the q a that i did with him 
um, the other day and we posted uh, on Tuesday, um, you know, that really didn't matter to him. Um, I think uh, that was more, I guess, on the outside, he was just happy about it, but it didn't really wasn't something that he was considering. Um, But, you know, as far as his addition, I mean, I think that this is an absolute steal for North Carolina. And uh, I've been talking to his coach who's who's been coaching in Florida forever. One of those, you know, forever coaching guys. His dad was a coach at the same school. His family basically has been coaching at, at that school for like something like 50 years. And I'm not exaggerating. Um, so he's seen a bunch of really good players and he and he's coaching all star games and all that. Um, and he he just speaks so highly of Caden Baker and how much better he is than some of the, you know, the four and five star uh, kids that he's coached at at the same position, um, and a lot of it is that this is a I guess kind of the 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 problem with the rankings is that you know Baker played at a small school during his junior season, did had okay film for his junior season, and and obviously and actually focused on basketball um, for much of his career until this season where he's focusing on football and is, has really kind of blossomed um, at at uh, at his new school Fort Myers High School. Um, but a tremendous athlete, you know, really good kid, hard worker, leader. I mean, everything, all the boxes that you can list, you know, just put checks on him. The only thing is, is that he doesn't have a, a whole lot of high level experience playing the position, which he's actually getting this season. So I think that you give him a red shirt year and this is going to be your um, all C- all ACC uh, left tackle for North Carolina for, you know, two or three years. Wow. Love it. All right. He's uh, 6'6", 260, so definitely he's put on more weight, but it looks like he has a huge frame to put that on from Fort Miles, Florida. He's the number 71 offensive tackle and the number 855-ranked player in the nation. Caden Baker committing to UNC um, earlier in the week, giving UNC – I think they're, they're done at offensive tackle now, Don? I... Offensive, <laughs> sorry, offensive uh, line. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I think that it, it wouldn't surprise me if this is all they sign. But I think you're still going to see North Carolina talk to that Pogorelk kid, um, James Pogorelk, from uh, offensive lineman from um, from Virginia, still um, probably done playing games with Anthony Carter. But uh, you know, I think if they, depending on what ends up happening with some of the other guys, I, I, I you know there is a scenario where North Carolina can add another offensive lineman. Wow, there you have it. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, Two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. All right, we are back. 
and we're going to dive into the official visitors from last weekend briefly. Octavius Oxidine, Xavier Capers. Is, were those the only two, Don? Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, Octavius Oxidine is a defensive tackle from Kentucky. You don't hear about many Kentucky players uh, visiting UNC. 6-2, Big, big, big guy. Uh, big time nose tackle there. And Xavier uh, Capers is an Auburn commitment right now. From Alfred, Georgia, he's a four-star and number 23-ranked wide receiver in the 2020 class. Donix, what's going on with each of these guys' recruitments? What can you tell us uh, there? Yeah, so with um, with Oxidine, you mentioned the fact that he's from Kentucky and how North Carolina um, doesn't really recruit the state of Kentucky, um, for football at least. Um, and the reason that is is that Oxidine actually was the one who initiated contact with UNC because he wants to um, – major in pharmacy in college and went and looked at, uh, I guess the top list of uh, pharmacy schools or, or colleges with, with top uh, ranked pharmacy schools in North Carolina, I believe is number one in, in the world. Um, or if not very, very, very high. So obviously that, that uh, attracted him. And uh, so he decided to take an official visit. Um, so with his situation, you know, he um, doesn't reveal a whole lot, no matter how you ask him questions he just doesn't give you a whole lot of information. But what we do know is that he obviously took an official visit to North Carolina, took one to Tennessee, and then took one to Kentucky. Um, and it's hard to kind of say which one he's leaning towards. But uh, and, he, and he still wants to take two more official visits. Won't say who those might be to. Um, but uh, he says North Carolina is one of the top schools for him. And so you got to think that North Carolina is definitely, definitely in play. Good stuff. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy, you know, big nose tackle that UNC certainly needs more of in this class. I mean, they have a, a stacked defensive line uh, commitment class right now, but they're losing so much. You don't know, you know, if Julio Taylor Taylor's going to be ready to go to step in for Aaron Crawford. They're losing so many big pieces on the defensive line. They just need bodies, and, you know, who knows who's going to be ready and who's not. So adding a couple more players into the fray would help. Got to love his size. Looks like he physically, he could be ready to contribute um, as a true freshman. Um, good stuff. All right. So Octavius Oxidine, definitely uh, a great name there. Visited UNC last weekend. We'll, we'll keep you in the loop on him. Definitely check out Inside Carolina Premium Message Board for that. And we're moving now to uh, wide receiver Xavier Capers, who also visited. Don, what can you tell, him, tell us about the Auburn wide receiver commitment who is definitely showing UNC some interest. Yeah, so this was something that North Carolina has been working on for a very, very, very long time. He, he was supposed to actually go and visit for the Showtime camp and eventually official vis- officially visit some other time. That all kind of was canceled out when he decided to officially visit Auburn that same weekend of the Showtime camp. And then a couple weeks after that, he verbally committed to Auburn. UNC stayed on him um, and... This visit, there were a lot of times where UNC wasn't sure this visit was going to take place. And really, from my understanding, talking to sources, there were a couple of people who um, weren't going to believe that the official visit was going to take place until, he, until they actually physically saw uh, Capers on campus. He made the visit, and uh, we, we spoke to him afterwards. We have stories up on him and also Oxidine, um, just their, um, I guess, their, their breakdown of how they felt like the, the, the visit went. He basically said, you know, he's still committed to Auburn, but North Carolina is going to be a school that he's definitely going to consider and that he 
has set his birthday, which is December 29th, as his as yet another decision date. Now, keep in mind, not only has he is he committed to Auburn, but he was committed to Arkansas for a couple months also. So this kid likes uh, decision dates. Um, and so, but uh, yeah, there's some other schools involved, but I think this ultimately, if he were to switch from Auburn, I think right now, as we stand today, North Carolina would probably be the only one that could, that could, um, um, you know, pull him away. But, uh, you know, some other schools like Florida, Tennessee um, are, are still involved. So if they can somehow swing an official visit, then obviously things w- would shake up a little bit. Good stuff there. All right, Octavius Oxidine and Xavier Capers and their official vis- visits to UNC. All right, as we near the end of this um, recruiting podcast, we have some news to drop on Trenton Simpson. He announced he's going to take an official visit to UNC this weekend for the Virginia game. Of course, this is the four-star. Sometimes I mean, 24-7 sports has him as a five-star linebacker out of Mowerclee Creek in Charlotte. He was in Clemson last weekend. He recently decommitted from Auburn. Don, what's going on with Trenton Simpson? What can you tell us? Well, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, he's uh, scheduled an official visit to North Carolina, and that's significant because of, uh, you know, North Carolina has is a school. When, when we're when I've been talking to sources all close to him, and I because I've been covering this state for a long time in Mallow Creek, almost on a yearly basis, if not a yearly basis, consistently produces. Uh, legit FBS talent. I end up going to Mallow Creek a few times a year, have a bunch of uh, connections to that school. And they all tell me that he's going to take his visits, but North Carolina is the school he's going to ultimately, ultimately end up at. Now um, it would not surprise me though, because he's so, um, you know, easily influenced um, that he takes his official visit and just completely shuts it down and does not take any more official visits. But, uh, you know, so so you got to keep that in mind with with a kid like him because he did something very similar with Auburn. He took the official visit with Auburn and then shut it down and then set uh, set up the um, the commitment to where he uh, commitment date to where he obviously made the decision for Auburn. Uh, You know, he's uh, the the interesting thing, though, with him is that this past weekend he could have made the trip to North Carolina, but he instead visited Clemson. Um, who has not offered him. Those same sources actually tell me that if Clemson offers, then this could be game over. He had he has to Clemson just because of um, he has always wanted to play for the Tigers. Um, and that's what he's told a bunch of people, you know, as you know, as recent as uh, his sophomore year. But uh, so that's something to kind of keep in mind and might kind of entice him to hold off on making any sort of decision. Clemson is still in the, in the market for for signing a uh, a linebacker, but they have their eyes set on Justin Flo, who is a, I think he's like number five in the nation out of California. Um, and so they would probably wait to get a feel for him before they were, were to offer anyone. But if they were to offer another uh, another linebacker, Simpson would obviously be in line. And as I said, that that can make things a little dicey here. Yeah, so I didn't know they hadn't offered him. No, they have not offered him. And and that's and what's that... that's what's crazy about this is because everyone and, and, and again, I believe ultimately he ends up at North Carolina. But he visited Clemson this past weekend when he could have went to North Carolina. And if you remember this the the team that North Carolina played against 
when he made that that secretive quote unquote visit to North Carolina happened to be Clemson. Mm. Johnny Scoops, bring it. So was the visit to Clemson an official visit? No, it was not. Okay. Can you take an official visit without being offered? I guess it yes. doesn't really matter, right? You can. Okay. But Clemson is very they're very strict with certain things. And they can be because they, they're they're very selective with who they recruit and what they do and all that. But um from I I, I believe that they have like one designated weekend um for official visits and all that and you know. They they just do things differently. So they no, they have not had um he has not officially visited Clemson. The only school he has officially visited so far is Auburn. Good stuff. A lot of good information there on Trenton Simpson. I mean, Don here thinks he is going to ultimately end up at UNC. Of course, take that with a grain of salt. He's getting recruited by some other schools as well. And Clemson, as always, could be a factor there at the end. Um, is it, You just don't know the timetable or anything. He's going to visit this weekend. And after that, you don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, and I think, I think the plan right now is to take – his four remaining official visits. But as we've seen from him in the past, I mean, that was his plan back in May was to take his, all five of his official visits, but then he only takes one to Auburn and then just cuts everything off. So we've seen him kind of go against his plans in the past, you know, and history kind of repeats itself. So it wouldn't surprise me if, um, if he doesn't make it to all of his officials. Good stuff. Um, I, I think this would be one of the bigger, UNC football commitments in recent history. The Des Evans thing was kind of predicted, like we knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there wasn't as much, I don't know, as as much suspension and buildup. I think Trenton Simpson has kind of been brewing for so long and with the decommitment in the summer and then the slow visits here. I think it'd be one of the bigger commitments, riding the momentum of what UNC already has to kind of put a cherry on top for this class. Um, so if you he feel that way? If he commits... Will people cry? <laughs> uh, some might. Um, but yeah, do, do you feel that way? That it's like it just feels bigger with all the hype on Twitter and, and just what it means for UNC to get a recruiting win like this? Yeah. And I think, like you said, I mean, the Des Evans one didn't feel as big as it should have because of the fact that it was kind of like, all right, you know, he's going to commit to North Carolina. It's just a matter of when, you know, and I think. Yeah, maybe this has a little bit of that to it, but I mean, it's still a you know a significant commitment to add to uh, to this class. If you think about it, ever since he decommitted, what was the first thing that popped into all of UNC uh, fans' heads is that he's coming to North Carolina. So I think I think this has a little bit of a Des Evans feel to it, especially the longer that this goes. But if he ends up committing this weekend, I don't think it's going to surprise a whole lot of people. Okay, good stuff. Will Desmond Evans be there this weekend at UNC? Probably. I, the thing with him is, like, you know, even this past weekend, and it wasn't that big of a deal because he's committed now, but this past weekend, he arrived, like, super late. And so, um, so I mean, that's just how he is. You know, he's, you know, um, this very nonchalant sort of kid, you know, very laid back, you know, great kid to talk to and everything, but just, you know. That's how it is. But yeah. now that he's a commit, it's not that big of a deal. But when if, if he wasn't committed yet, people were freaking out that he didn't show up yet. We didn't Love confirm it. we didn't confirm he was there until after kickoff. Yeah, I remember that. Man, freaking out. Love it. All right, pays the bills around here. All right, Don, UNC has twenty six commitments currently. They're looking at, I mean, look, Trent Simpson, 
because uh, Octavius Oxidine, Saving Capers, you mentioned offensive tackle. I mean, how big is could this class get? What is UNC? What's the number UNC is going to take? Is there a limit? And what kind of goes into oversigning, like it seems UNC will, and getting over that 25 commitment range, 25 signee range? Uh, let's dive into it briefly before we close out this podcast. Yeah, so the, a more detailed look at this whole situation is included in the weekly scoop that we posted on Tuesday. So I'm sure some of this stuff may not make a whole lot of sense if you're not familiar with this. But if you want to get a, I guess, a, a true idea of what is going on, what could go on, definitely read that. But basically, the way it works is that you have 25 scholarships each class, right? But that number can be manipulated to a degree. And the way it can be manipulated is through your early enrollees being counted backwards or forwards and all that. And um, and that allows North Carolina to actually sign more than 25 for this class. Even with that, even if that is, you know, because that obviously gives you some sort of cap. Um, and that's kind of hard to figure out because you you got to look back classes, you know, beyond that. And again, the actual details and a better description than what I'm doing right now is all broken down in the weekly scoop. Um, but let's just say that with your you know rollover numbers and all that from your early enrollees and from the prior class and everything, you're capped off at, let's say, 26. You can still sign more than that. And what you can do is you can defer those what they're called counters um, towards the next class. And the way that you do that, the two, the two ways... Um, I guess the two prominent ways of doing that is one gray shirting and the other one is blue shirting and gray shirting is essentially if a guy, let's say he, he graduates in May, he does, he will not enroll in the school until the following January, which allows his counter to count towards the next class, not the, not, not his actual high school graduating class, if that makes sense. Technically, you only can sign 25 in each class, but then I guess, you know, like I was mentioning, the other term, the blue shirting, is where a guy enrolls in the fall semester following his, uh, his high school graduation, which might seem like not that big of a deal, uh, but what he, he misses out on preseason camp. So obviously that guy is you know, far behind the, the learning curve compared to his peers and way far behind the guys who enrolled in the prior January. So obviously that guy is, is, is probably going to redshirt. Um, so if a guy does the blue shirt, then the, the university has the opportunity to uh, defer his counter towards the um, next class. Now, the thing with all that is you're basically robbing Peter to pay Paul. So if you do those things, and I'm not saying North Carolina is going to do gray shirting or blue shirting. I'm just saying it's an option for North Carolina. If you do those things, that means there's less for the 2021 class that you'll be able to sign, which for for UNC's purposes, that's that's huge because the in-state 2021 class is the best that North Carolina, the state of North Carolina, has had since since uh, we started tracking these things in the early 2000s. Wow! All right, good stuff, good breakdown there. We touched on so many different topics. Uh, make sure if you have any questions, comments, concerns, to comment on the message board thread. This podcast will be up on both the free and premium message boards. We appreciate you listening. Stay tuned to Inside Carolina for all the breaking news and updates and notes from Don as this recruiting class continues to develop. A lot of different things happening, and especially with the Trenton Simpson official visit this weekend. All right, Don, anything else? 
No, I just um, want to extend another offer to Ross. I know that UNC has a bye week coming up. Also, it's a Thursday night game, which means that your Saturday is going to be free. So extend an invitation to Ross for um, those two Saturdays to um, to come back. Come back to the man tower. It misses you. <laughs> hey, I heard on a, on a another Inside Carolina podcast, a certain host with a, a certain uh, from a certain county named Johnson in North Carolina was bashing the man tower and the nachos. Was he? Yeah. He, what, what? He, he slipped in an early uh, snide remark about the man tower and your nachos. And, what? Uh, I, I, I was offended. Heard. Yeah. I haven't heard. He, Can you give me details? He just said, like, he, they got right into the podcast, and Greg was like, man, you jumped right into it. And, Tom, and Tommy, Ashley, said, yeah, we don't have time for any man tower, any nachos, or any of that stuff. <laughs> I guess just, Tommy doesn't like watching um, – They're just telling yeah, he doesn't like watching football with the boys and eating um, eating nachos. We need to – maybe we need to invite Tommy. Maybe he just feels left out. All right, good stuff. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll, we'll check you out next time. Appreciate it. Bye. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com. Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount+, Plus to try it free. Terms apply.